Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie. Uh, it's good being with you. This is our first day being on the air with you. I'm really excited about this uh, radio uh, broadcast that we're able to broadcast uh, to those uh, that's going to be listening and, sh- and sharing with us. We're looking at having uh, uh, some great guests to be with us, uh, those that's going to help us uh, to understand who we are in the greater dimension and help us to be able to tap into the realm of the unseen which is greater than any realm. Uh, it is the unseen realm that created this realm. So we're going to be talking about a lot of things, sharing a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be sharing about relationships, uh, marriages, uh, parenting. Uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, business, uh, everything um, that's concerned about man in this particular uh, three-dimensional world and how we are to live victorious. Um, we've been made into the image and the likeness of God. All of humanity is made in the image and the likeness of God. If God is victorious and God is successful, well, when I use the word successful, God is God. (laughs) And uh, he's the creator of all things that you and I can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. Uh, yet he is victorious. He have never been defeated, and he cannot be defeated. Uh, he have never died, and he cannot die. But you and I are made in his image and his likeness. But why do we experience such failure? Why do we experience such pain? And let me share this with you. All pain is not negative. All pain is not bad. But we put a bad stigma on pain, but pain is nothing but signals to let us know that adjustments need to be made, either in our spirit, either in our souls, either in our bodies. We are creatures that was made in the image and likeness of God to succeed, uh, to have success, to love, to experience peace, to experience joy. Uh, the scripture says that God is love. If God is love and we are made in the image and the likeness of God, then are we made in the image and the likeness of love? And if we are, why do we struggle so much in loving? If we are made in the image and the likeness of God and God is love. The scripture also says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Then if God is light, and you and I are made in the image and the likeness of God, then am I light or am I darkness? So have I experienced darkness? Have I, and darkness is failure. Have I experienced failure? All of us have experienced failure. Then we need to be able to answer these questions. Then if I'm made in the image and the likeness of God, and God is love, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So therefore, why in the world so many of us struggle loving? Why many of us have sinned and have fallen into darkness, experienced darkness? Uh, So we need to answer that, and we're going to help you to do that uh, during this broadcast. Now, we got to understand that there's two major forces in the universe, in this realm. That is the force of God, which is light, and the force of Satan, which is darkness. All sickness, all disease, all catastrophic events is manipulated by the forces of darkness. And the majority, not even all good, but the majority of good comes from God in this realm. And the reason I say the majority, because even 
the uh, Satan himself can do good, but it cannot last. And the reason he would do good for manipulation, for deception, to lead me, to entrap me, to manipulate me in uh, tapping into something, touching something, doing something that's outside of the creation of God for my life. As we begin to understand this, we will begin to uh, experience the victory that has already been given unto us. So we need to, how do I master darkness? How do I overcome darkness? How do I overcome failure? How do I overcome the mistakes and the errors uh, that I've made? Uh, scripture clearly says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every man, woman, boy, and girl have. The scripture also says that man was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. So therefore, the only way that I can experience the victory that has been provided for me or the life that has been provided for me or the light that's been provided for me or the love that's been provided for me or the peace that's been provided for me, then I need to understand that there has been provision for how, where does provision come from? It's come from one place and one place only. Uh, and that's through the Son that the Father sent to the earth to redeem humanity back to Him. But you say, but some of you may be listening and say, but I have already received Him. But I'm still experiencing darkness. I'm still experiencing anger and hatred. I'm experiencing unforgiveness. I'm challenged with forgiving people that has hurt me and wounded me and lied on me. I, 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 don't, I don't understand I, I, I'm, uh, how could that be if I have God and I'm experiencing these things how could that be if I have God and God is love? How could this be uh, if I, God is peace, but I'm oppressed, depressed, suppressed? How could this be? Well, we got to understand that God made you and I a tripartite being. In order for me to know how to experience what has been given me, through Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God, I need to understand the man that I am, my constitution. My, I am a spirit, soul, and body. Once I understand that I am a spirit, I am a soul, and I am a body, and that each one of them has a function, and once I understand the function of the spirit, my human spirit, the function of my soul which comprises my mind, my will, my emotions, and my physical body, which occupies my five senses. My body was formed from the dust of the ground, according to Genesis chapter 1. And God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, notice that something came from God into the, which God formed from the dirt, the earth, the dirt. Our bodies is dirt. Notice something came from God. Breath came from God. And the moment that the breath of God touched the body that was formed, something came into existence, which is a soul, the real you. The personality, your personality, came into existence. So man is a tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. Now, there's a lot of controversial teaching that believe that uh, man is a spirit, and uh, he's not a soul. But I believe that man is a, a soul, have a spirit, and he lives in a physical body. And, and, and that's vital for us to understand that because if we don't understand the Constitution, then we can always be manipulated and we're going to get frustrated, we're going to get aggravated, and we're going to try to execute our function in a capacity 
that we're not able to function in. Why is that? Because if I do not understand the makeup, the function of my body, the function of my soul, the function of my spirit, if I don't understand these functions, I'm not going to be able to experience the level and measure of success, of victory uh, that God wants me to experience. Why is that? Because I'm trying to function in an area that I don't really have the capacity to function in. And so, therefore, I'm trying to make myself do something that myself cannot do. In other words, I may be trying to uh, do something that only my spirit can do. I do something that only my soul can do. And so I'm trying to force something to happen when I don't have the capacity to operate other function in, in that particular area. Now notice what the scripture says, if you will, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there in the scripture we see that we are a spirit, soul, and body. But what am I body? Am I soul? Or am I spirit? So I need to understand those three elements, spirit, soul, and body. So therefore we see that man is a tripartite being. So Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that our whole spirit, and I think it's very interesting here that he used the word hold here. So that means that means there's different departments or functions of my spirit and functions of my soul and function of my body. So my body have different functions because it have different uh, parts to it. My soul have different parts to it. And my human spirit has different parts to it. So each part has a function. And as I begin to understand that, then I will be able to bring myself in harmony uh, with the God that created me. And I can live as God lived uh, uh, through his son Jesus, who is upon the face of the earth. So the word sanctify means to be set apart for use. Um, the, you, you said, water has many uses. Um, so I can sanctify water to be used for drinking. I can sanctify water to be used for showering. I can sanctify water to be used for cooking. So here in the word of the Lord, it says, May the God, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. This is the one that created us in his image and his likeness. And Paul is praying a prayer, uh, articulating here, that God would do this thing. Now, only God can do this thing because he knows us. He created us. He have the manual, if, if I can say that, if I will, the manual concerning my spirit, soul, and body. So in order for me to know me, then I need to have a relationship on the, with the one that created me. And I ask this question from time to time. Uh, my mentor used to ask me this when I first uh, entered a relationship with him. Do you know you? And I said, yes, yes, I know me. I, I mean, how can I not know me? I've been living with me since I came into the world. So, of course, I know me. And I had absolutely no idea, no understanding what he was talking about. It was a natural statement, but has spiritual connotations behind it. And I was thinking from a natural perspective and not from a spiritual perspective. Very few people know themselves. Very few people leave this earth knowing themselves. Because very few people don't have no clue that there's a part of them that exists in them that exists in they don't know until you and I develop a relationship with the one that created us. Then I can really, really get to know me. 
Now notice what, what this says here, if you will, once again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here in where we see that man is body, soul, and spirit. Now one thing that we must understand is this right here, that man's soul and spirit is so alike. And that's why people have a hard time making the distinction between their spirit and their soul because they're so alike. Uh, uh, your soul is, is uh, of a spiritual nature. You can't see your soul. You can't see your spirit. You can see your physical body. Your body is given to you and I uh, for this rim. That's what keeps you and I in contact with this rim, what you can see hear, smell, taste, and feel, keep us in, uh, with the capacity to relate to the creative world of God, the creative realm of God. But notice it said when God breathed into man's nostril, the breath of life, man became a living soul. Man became, he didn't become a spirit. He became a living soul. So man must be a soul and not a spirit. So when we begin to understand that it was the breath of life that came from God that touched man's body, man became a living soul. His personality came into existence. So therefore, what is the purpose of the spirit, the breath of life? Well, the purpose of the breath of life in us is to be uh, give us the capacity to communicate with the God that the breath of life came from and from his realm. Uh, uh, um, God lives in the realm of the spirit. We live in the earth realm. Uh, the material universe, uh, which that which we can see once again hear, smell, taste, and feel. Uh, um, but God lived in the realm of the spirit, and the realm of the spirit created the realm that you and I live in at this present time. Uh, the soul is the me, the I. Um, um, that's the the part that now needs to be developed. Now, when we begin to understand uh, that the spirit and the soul are so united and close together, they have to be separated and divided asunder in order for me to begin to learn the ways of the spirit. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder, well, I'm quoting the, the King James Version, but I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Since spirit and soul can be divided, they must be different then in nature. They can be divided. And why is it so important that they be divided? Because the Scripture says that the Word of God is living and powerful. And it's designed to divide the soul from the spirit. Because if the soul is not divided from the spirit, if they're different in nature, then that means one of them is going to be suppressed. And which one you think is going to be suppressed and it's not going to be able to give expression? Your human spirit, which is given you and I to be able to contact, to relate to our creator. So if a person is struggling, contacting, and relating to their creator, most likely it's because they may be born again, but their soul and spirit have not experienced separation so that it can begin to give expression. My soul can give expression, my spirit can give expression, and my body can give expression. They are all three are harmonizing, and they are in divine order, which God originally created it before the fall of man. Now, it's very important that we understand this, because at the fall of man, when Adam and Eve was manipulated, according to Genesis chapter 3, when Adam received the forbidden fruit from his wife... And he partook of it, the Bible says, that he died. But we know that he still existed because he lived the 900 and some years. But the scripture said he died. Now we need to understand what death means. Death does not mean non-existence. 
Death does not mean eradication or annihilation. Death only means separation from its source, a thing's source. When you pull fly, flowers from the ground or you go to the store and you buy some roses or carnations or whatever the case may be, uh, you are buying something that is dead. And the reason it's dead, even though it's beautiful, it looks nice, it looks like it's alive, but it has been disconnected from its source. Its source is the ground. And so, therefore, it receives its life, nutrition, from the ground, its source. So, therefore, it is dead, but yet it appeared to be alive, but it's dead. So when we men buy our wives these beautiful roses for their birthday anniversary, whatever the case may be, or whatever they like, um, whatever kind of flower they like, we just purchase death. And we gave them death because after a week, a few days, they begin to wither. Uh, so death is manifest in a greater dimension. And death has already started, but you can't see it. So that's what happened with Adam. He died instantly spiritually. He was separated from God. The moment he disobeyed God, he died. Yet he still lived. But death has begun its process because Adam now was cut off from his life force. And who was his life force and life source? God himself. And so, therefore, he lived 900 and some years operating in the earth spiritually dead, spiritually dead. And so every human being that is born in the earth is born spiritually dead. So therefore, that's why every person on the earth needs to be born again. Once you're born again, you're born again of the spirit. Your first birth is of the natural, come from your parents. So now I need to be reborn of the spirit and when I'm reborn of the spirit now what Adam lost I have gained has been restored to me life now has been restored and now I can communicate with the God that created all the things he becomes my father he is my God and so now as I submit and yield and surrender, which is a choice, to him, I can begin to experience his life in my soul, his life in my heart, his life in my mind, his life in my body. I can begin to experience that. Because the scripture lets us know that the spirit of the living God when we're born of the Spirit, He comes and lives in our human spirit. And as He becomes, as He begins to live in our human spirit, He don't want to just stay there in my human spirit. He's there, but he, he wants to expand His domain beyond my human spirit. And He wants to live in my body. He wants to live in my soul. He wants to live in my mind. He wants to live in my heart. He wants to uh, affect and uh, govern my emotions and my affections. So, but that is one of the main problems. He comes and lives in us, but a lot of us don't know how to release him out of the seat of our spirit, our human spirit. And so, therefore, he lives all the days of our life, not his life, because he's eternal. Well, all of us eternal because your soul is eternal, too. But he lives all the days of our human life incarcerated in our human spirit. But he wants to go beyond that. Notice what this scripture says, if you will. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, he wants to give life to my mortal body. And so if sickness and disease prevailing, that's death. Then the Holy Spirit is not giving life. I need to learn how to let the Holy Spirit move from the seat of the Spirit to the circumference of my soul so he can manifest himself in my physical body, manifesting the life of Christ in my physical body, manifesting the health of Christ in my physical body. Now, once again, notice what the Scripture says, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, I'm going to ask you to make a confession. I want you to say this with me, if you will. So, Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I submit to you. I yield to you. I give you permission to minister life to my body now. And whatever area is defected, ask him to give life to the area. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to give life to my heart, to give life to my lungs, to give life to my kidneys, to give life to my pancreas, to give life to my red and white blood cells, to give life to the marrow of my bones, to give life to my bones, to give life to my joints, to give life to my eyes and my vision, to give life to my ears and my hearing. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to give life to every gland, life to every artery. I give you permission, Holy Spirit, to give life to my scalp and my hair, to give life to my skin, to give life to my gums and my teeth, my tongue, my fingernails, my fingers. And let him begin to do what God gave him authority to do. Paul read it, wrote it here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said. He will give life to our mortal bodies. So our mortal bodies can experience the very life of God, which is the life of Christ. And if you begin to make that confession every day, I receive the life of God in my body. I receive the life of God in my soul. I receive the life of God in my mind. I receive the life of God in my heart. And by your confession of faith, the Holy Spirit will begin to do what he came to do anyway. He will begin to minister life. He will begin to minister life. So go ahead and begin to receive that. Just go ahead and receive it. Go ahead and receive it right now. Life in your spirit. Life in your soul. Life in your heart. Life in your mind. Life in your body. If you've been bombarded and tormented in your mind, ask the Holy Spirit to minister life to your mind. And oppression will begin to dissipate. It will begin to go. The Holy Spirit begin to take the very life of Christ and begin to minister it to your mind. He'll begin to minister it to your heart. And oppression and depression and despair and despondency, defeatism, discouragement, it have to dissipate. It have to go because now life has been ministered to your mind. It's God's will that you and I experience the very life of Christ in our constitution. My whole spirit my whole soul, my whole body. It is God's will that I experience this life. Do you want to experience this life? It's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. You are born again. And if you're not born again, you can become born again. It's once again. It is by faith. Understanding what born again means will empower you in a greater dimension. And that's one of the reasons why we don't experience a great level of the life of God and the life of God, which is the life of Christ and the light of Christ, is because we don't understand 
what was really accomplished for us and how Christ accomplished it for us. We receive him, but don't know him. And that's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit comes in our life. He comes in there not only to minister life, the life of Christ, but he comes to educate us concerning the Father and educate us concerning the Son. We need to know him. We need to be educated concerning him. And I'm not talking about intellectual knowledge. I'm talking about experiential knowledge. There's nothing like experiential knowledge. And that's another problem with the church that uh, or people that is Christians are born again. Uh, uh, they know a lot but have not experienced a lot. They, they uh, have great libraries, read a lot of things, heard a lot of things, but have not experienced a lot because we don't understand the constitution of the spirit, soul, and the body. We don't understand their function. So I'm trying to experience spiritual things in my own strength. That'll never happen. You can't do that. It's impossible. What you, you have learned and you was able to do before you became born again, you are not going to be able to do those same kind of things in the realm of God. You can't. It's impossible. You, your body don't have the capacity. It was not created to be able to do spiritual things. No. Spiritual things is done by the Holy Spirit through your human spirit. Your human spirit uh, knows the mind of God because the Holy Spirit lives in your human spirit. And the only way that I can do spiritual things is through the person of the Holy Spirit. But in my own strength, is impossible. My own accord, it is impossible. My own gifts and talents, it is impossible. That is why a man needs to be born again. To be born again of the Spirit means I'm, I'm willing to yield that which has been created subject to the Creator who lives on the inside of me and turn it over to him and let him begin to use it. Let me read another scripture to you. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. Once again, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That's a very important scripture here, and, and so much, uh, so many nuggets that is locked into this particular passage of scripture. Now, it's the spirit that gives life. They already told you and I that our flesh can profit nothing. But that's what we've tried to do. We try to profit in the spirit through our flesh, through our human body. It profits nothing. It can nothing you and I do in this realm, in our body, from ourselves, is accepted by God. God called it corrupt. He can accept it. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. That means uh, in order for me to be successful, I must do it in the strength of the Spirit. In order for me to be a successful man, I must be able to do it in the spirit if I'm going to profit. In order for me to be a successful husband or father, it must be done by the spirit. Because the spirit gives life. So, if I'm going to be a man full of life, I must have a relationship with the spirit who gives life. If I'm going to be a husband full of life, the Holy Spirit gives life as a husband. If I'm going to be a spirit-filled father, it's the spirit once again that gives life. I must yield to the spirit, and the spirit gives me life. He empowers me as a man of God. He empowers me as a husband. He empowers me as a father. That is through my ability to submit and yield and surrender to him. Notice what it says again. It's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, if Jesus speaking by the spirit, that means he's empowered by the spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving him life. That means his words is life-giving because they are induced by the Spirit of God. He's speaking by the Spirit, therefore his words are spirit. Now, if a person can speak by the Spirit, can I also speak by the flesh, which profits nothing? You can take it to the bank. We do it all the time, but we're not conscious of it. All we got to do is look at the manifestation of our life. It'll let you and I know if I've been speaking words of life or words of death. Because your words and my words are designed to produce. And they have produced. You have produced death or you have produced life. Proverbs tells us that. And so, therefore, i got to be mindful where's the, my, the motive of my words. That's not the word I'm looking for. The source of my words. Is the words that I speak the source of them, are they from the flesh? Are they from the spirit? That means we understand that words is uh, the expression of thoughts. Before they can become words, they're thought first. They are in thought form, and then they are formed into words, and the words are spoken. The words are released. So words are the expression of thought. Thoughts is unspoken words. So he says here, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. How did this universe come into existence? How did this world come into existence? I know many believe that there was a Big Bang, and um, and everything just came into existence. Life just came into existence. But that's really not what the Scripture says. Um then is God real? Now, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. Did it actually say that? Yes. By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made of things which are not visible. Let me read it again. By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, that the things which are seen were not made, were not made, were not made of things which are visible. So the visible cannot create that which is visible because it's on the same level, same rim, same frequency, same everything. So it got to be something that's on a higher level, higher rim, higher frequency to create something that is seen. So the invisible then must be greater. So it says, for by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. By what? The word of God. By what? The word of God. Jesus said, thing, the words that I speak, they are what? Spirit. Can you see a spirit? No, you cannot. So every person's word is spirit because you can't see words. So words is designed to create because we see here that the world came into existence of the worlds came into existence by the word of God. How did it come? By the word. Jesus, not Jesus, God spoke the word and things began to create. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So therefore, what I do see in my life was made out of something that I cannot see. 
What is happening in my life? What is visible in my life? Whatever is visible in my life is a result of something invisible that I am responsible for. You can say, well, how in the world I'm responsible, Dr. McKenzie? Well, all of us are personally responsible for the world that we create. But we don't realize that because the very words that comes out of your mouth is what is released in this realm. This realm is create is designed rather to take what has come out of your mouth and it begin to create whatever is released out of your mouth. Do you not know that the speech nerve medical science has discovered this that the speech nerve is designed to control the entire body. Your entire body is dominated and controlled by the speech nerve. Now, medical scientists has discovered that, but God already knew, always knew this. Scientists just discovered it. <laughs> but the God that created the scientists is the one that created the nerve, the central nervous system, or the whole nervous system. And God is the one that created the speech nerve to, cre- to dominate the whole body. So therefore, uh, whatever condition state my body is in, if there was no accident or anything of that particular nature, I created it. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, the book of Proverbs. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. One thing that fascinates me about uh, um, some born-again people, they speak the right things in a church setting but they are terrible with their speech outside of a church setting that means then that the words they speak is divided they have a church vocabulary and they have an outside of a church vocabulary do you not understand that whatever negative word you speak going to have more power over the positive words you speak. You can speak positive in church, then God the church to speak negative. That negative word is going to cancel out the positive one every, every single time. Every single time. And think about it. Why do you speak like that? We speak like that because we have not come to the revelation of who we really are. We, we, we don't know the authority we have, the power that we have. And this is just not for Christians. This is for every person. Every person, born again and not born again, because every human being was made in the image and the likeness of God, your speech will control your destiny. Your speech will control, uh, will create your own world. You can speak what you see, or you can speak what you want a thing to be. And this is where the danger comes in. I, I want to speak what I want to be, but i got to believe that it's sanctioned by heaven. i got to know what I'm speaking is sanctioned by him. If it's sanctioned by him, then how would I know if it's sanctioned by him? By reading the Word of God. When I read the Word of God and I see what the Word of God says about me, then I can believe that or I can doubt that. But I make a decision to believe it. I believe it and I start speaking it. The Bible says that uh, Jesus was wounded for my transgressions bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him, or the chastisement I should have received, he received it for me, and with this rights I'm healed. Now, that can become just information to me, that I love that what that scripture says, I can quote it to people, or I can make it a reality. I can accept it as truth. And then if I accept it as truth, then what I'm going to do, I'm going to believe in what was said from the Word of God, or I'm going to believe what I feel in my body. See, that's a choice that's left up to me. And this is how you and I live every day anyway. But the majority of people is dominated and controlled by their bodies. They control by what they feel. 
controlled by what they see, smell, taste, and feel. If your five senses is contrary to what God has said about you, you must deny your five senses. You must believe what God has said about you. That's what happened with the man the Bible called the father of faith, Abraham. Let me read something to you, what the scripture says about him, how he functioned, how he operated, and how faith operated. Now, this is going back to understanding my spirit, my soul, my body. My five senses is designed to manipulate me from what God has done for me in my spirit. I really have God living in me, in my spirit. I know some people say, well, everybody got God living in them. But, well, everybody don't have God living in them because everybody's not born again. Romans 8 tells us, he that has not the spirit of God in him is none of his. So that means some people have the spirit of God in them, and some people do not have the spirit of God in them. But everybody can have the spirit of God in them. Every single man, woman, boy, and girl can have the spirit of God in them. It's by faith. It's just accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, your person say, but first I've got to acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I need somebody that's bigger than me. I need somebody to come in my life that's greater than me. And once I begin to do that, what will begin to happen, now I can develop a relationship with the one that I receive. And now I begin to allow him to live his life in me and through me, in my spirit. Notice what the scripture says in Romans chapter 4 and uh, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, this is what God has said to Abraham. As it is written, I have made you, I have made you a father of many nations. Wait a minute. Do we remember that Abraham was married to a lady named Sarah, and she was barren? So how in the world he's a father of many nations? He don't even have any children at this present time. Let's move on. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Before I continue to read, was humanity made in the image and the likeness of God? Absolutely. If we're made in the image and the likeness of God, then God created you and I to function like the one that created us. How do God function? How do God operate? Well, we just read it in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So God framed the word, the worlds, how? By the word of God. Then how am I to function? By speaking words. Everybody speak words. That doesn't have a deficiency in their speech. Uh, they're not dumb. But everybody has the ability to communicate. They communicate with words unless they're deaf. Now, we know people have sign language, whatever the case may be. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about everyone that has the capacity to use all of their faculties, and they're in working order. Words. Regardless of the language, they're words. And words is designed not just to communicate with people that understand our language. Words are designed to create, just like our father, just like our daddy, to create. So God called him something before he became it manifestedly. God called him a father of many nations before he even had a child, before he even had a son. God called him a father of many nations. Oh, when this principle becomes a reality to us, is God's spirit 
Yes, he is. Do you have a spirit? Yes, you do. So you mean to tell me that I can speak by my spirit? Yes, you can. And the words that come out of my spirit, you mean to tell me they can create? Yes. But you also can speak by your flesh as well. When you speak by your flesh, they are words of death. When you speak by your spirit, they are words of life. When you speak words that is negative, that's not coming from God in you. That's coming from your flesh, and you're creating. I will never get a job. No, you won't. If I get a job, it's always going to be a low-paying job. Yes, you will. You will always have what you say because God gave you and I that capacity to create our own world. If I'm in a, living in a world of oppression, depression, at this present time, most likely I created it unless I was born into it. And if I was born into it, I can come out of it. you got to understand that. You are not an accident and you are not a product of your environment. I know people teach people that, that you are a product of your environment. I was raised in a, an environment of like. But I didn't stay in an environment of like. I was raised up in an environment of violence. I didn't stay in that environment of violence. So so you can stay there and become a slave of it and allow it to incapacitate you and you die in it or you can believe what the Word of God says about you. The Word of God called Abraham a father of many nations. What has the Word of God said about you? The Word of God says that you are healed, delivered, and free. The Word of God says that God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Word of God says that you are complete in Christ. The Word of God says that God hath not going to bless you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Word of God says that you have been delivered from the power of darkness and delivered into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That right, that right there all by itself is powerful. You've been delivered. But we're seeking deliverance. But it says you've been delivered. Well, if I've been delivered, then why am I seeking deliverance? Because I don't believe that I've been delivered. God called you delivered, but I'm seeking deliverance. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. So it's a revelation that I don't believe God. It's a revelation that I don't trust God. Faith believe, uh, uh, touches the heart and the mind of God. You've been delivered, and you've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So make that confession. Begin to believe it. Your body may be telling you one thing. Your circumstance situation may be telling you another thing. But God is saying another thing about you. God is saying you delivered. So you begin to say, I am delivered from anger. I am delivered from money. I'm delivered from greed. I'm delivered from stinginess. I am delivered from unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and anger. I am delivered from lies. See, you, you, you begin to say what God said about you. He said, you and I have been, been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. I am delivered from the manipulation of Satan. I submit to the influence of the Holy Spirit. So you call those things which be not as though they were. Notice what it says. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and call, calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Begin to speak it. Begin to speak it that you are debt free. Now, your situation in a natural is an impossible situation. It's an impossible situation. 
But the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. Well, don't you have God in you? Yes. So the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. So God is in you, and you're with God. So it's possible. But the key is, will you believe? You call those things which be not as though they were. You begin to call yourself a person of discipline. You begin to say that you're a man of love, a woman of love, a child of love. Call those things which be not as though they were. Now, everything I'm saying, if you're born again, you are these things. They have not manifest. But if you begin to believe that they shall, they shall. You just wake up one morning and start loving everybody and say, where does this come from? Because you've been speaking it. You've been calling those things which be not as though they were. Next thing you know, a business deal come up. Somebody uh, uh, writes you a check. Next thing you know, you don't know how it's going to be. You're going to become debt free. But you call to those things which be not as though they were. You call to those things which be not as though they were. I am healed. I am delivered. I am free. I'm a person of peace. I'm a person of unity. I'm a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. I will to forgive every person that will set themselves up against me. You used to struggle with unforgiveness, but now forgiving people is a breeze now. You spoke yourself into existence. You spoke forgiveness into existence in you. You begin to speak it, begin to speak it, and the Holy Spirit begin to take those words that was released out of your mouth and begin to create in you. Uh, I want to use the word create in you, but bring it from who you really are in the spirit and begin to work it out in your soul. And once it's worked out in your soul, that's what the scripture talks about, soul salvation. That we are to work out our own salvation. That's how you work your salvation out. You do this thing. You work it. You work it. Let me finish this scripture. It's almost time uh, for us to uh, be released from you. Time second went by pretty fast. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. He became, he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. Will you become what God has spoken. Abraham became what was spoken. I make a decision to become what has been spoken about me. I make a decision, once again, to become what has been spoken about me. You make a decision to become what has been spoken about you. You have to do that. You have to become, make a decision. I'm going to become all that has been spoken concerning me. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. He did not consider his body. That's the key. He did not consider. He did not consider. Let me give you uh, our guest call-in number, those that like to call in. Eric code 347-237-5493. You just have to call in. Once again, Eric code three four seven two three seven five four nine three. We're gonna be here uh Monday through Friday at one PM every day and probably the weekend as well. But if you'd like to call in from time to time, area code once again three four seven two three seven five four nine three. This is the master key uh uh radio broadcast and uh we pray that you uh, enjoyed uh, our broadcast today and you got something out of it today uh, to encourage you, to build you, to strengthen you, to let you know who you are. Well, we're going to be with you again on tomorrow and we look forward uh, to spending an awesome time uh, with you in the Word of the Lord. Uh, once again, we're going to be having guests uh, guest on the line with us 
uh, from all over the nation and probably some people from different parts of the world uh, that have great insights into walking in the realm of the spirit and living into the realm of the spirit and executing in the realm of the spirit and also manifesting in this realm. You've been created to rule. You've been created to reign as kings in this life. You have been created to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God, heirs of God, and join us with Christ. It was great being with you. God bless you. Thank you.